0: Welcome to the Michigan Man podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It was a big recruiting Monday for us as four-star center Cesar Ruiz from IMG Academy and four-star defensive end Darren Irving Bay from Flint Southwestern became the latest verbals in the class of 2017. We now have 24 hard commits, and those numbers could grow in the next week. On today's show, we welcome back Michigan and NFL great John Jansen. John is currently the host of the tailgate show on the Michigan Football Network. He also fills in as host on Jim Harbaugh's Monday night radio show during the season. Today, we'll touch on recruiting, but spend more time discussing the past season and talk some about the Orange Bowl. On Thursday, I'll have a Michigan man extra for you with senior linebacker Ben Gedeon. Ben will join me to look back on the season and, of course, preview the Orange Bowl, his last game as a Wolverine. First, a few news and notes to get us started. On Monday, we picked up commits from two coveted recruits. The day started with a verbal from the nation's number one rated center, four-star Cesar Ruiz from IMG Academy, in Bradenton, Florida, he is actually from Camden, New Jersey, and is friends with several other Jersey players already on the team here at Michigan. Not long after Ruiz committed, we received word that four-star defensive lineman Darren Irving Bay from Flint Southwestern was jumping on board. That gives us verbals from the top six players in the state of Michigan. Four-star linebacker Anthony Jordan from IMG he is set to make his announcement on Thursday. And Najee Harris should make his choice known very soon as he hopes to be an early enrollee wherever he's going, Alabama or right here in Ann Arbor. So a great class could get even better in the next week or so. So as of this morning, let's count the positives. We are 10-2, playing in a marquee bowl game next week. Our class of 2017 is top five and could be bumping up higher. Jim Harbaugh is staying put and the program he is building is far ahead of schedule. As we get ready to ring in a new year, the future is bright. Michigan great John Jansen joins me next on our game day segment, and he told me he thinks we are entering into a golden era of Michigan football, and I think he's right. John Jansen is up next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. again on our game day segment as we prepare for the Orange Bowl actually a couple of weeks away so we're going to talk about some other things today too is Michigan great John Jansen John great to have you back with us
1: Mike, I appreciate it. It's always great to be with you guys. Hope you had a good holiday or, uh, or the holiday's coming up, and uh, I'm looking forward to the Orange
0: Bowl, that's for sure. Well, I think we all are. I think our hangover from the Ohio State game is starting to fade away, at least uh, most of it, but we'll talk about that in a minute or so. Uh, John, the team in the midst of a Christmas camp, as Coach Harbaugh is calling it right now, preparing for the Orange Bowl in Florida State. In the meantime, between now and then, recruiting has really been front and center, a hot topic. And the class of 2017 shaping up to be a very nice collection of players, isn't it?
1: I think we're going to see a, a lot of the players that are coming in this year uh, play early. We've got a very talented group. They're they're ranked very high, and uh, and these guys are coming in uh, anymore. more. It, it's it, it's a, always is surprising to me, but. Um, shouldn't be anymore, but these players come in uh, as 18-year-old men and and ready to contribute right away.
0: That's uh, very true. It's really changed over the last couple of uh, decades and the last five years, actually, and we're recording this on Monday morning. And there's uh, Ruiz down at IMG in uh, Florida who's set to make an announcement, I think, tonight. And Najee Harris, the the number one rated high school player in the country, wants to be an early enrollee. So you would think he's going to make an announcement in the, uh, the next week or so, which if Michigan can land him, wow, that will really bump us up, won't it?
1: It will. And, uh, you know, he's a, a very talented player. Um, and he's a guy, like I just mentioned before, that, that can come in and contribute right away. And uh, the more of those guys you can get, the better. Because, uh, you know, really, uh, when, when you're starting to bring in the talent that we have, they're only going to be here, about, you know, most likely for about three, you know, maybe four years, but they'll probably leave a little bit early for the NFL. And, uh, and you got to be able to get, uh, you know, use out of them uh, when you can. And, uh, it, if he's going to be an early enrollee, which um, I'm not a big fan of those, uh, but I think it, it does give the the individual uh, an advantage, uh, you know, in terms of the playbook. Um, but I, uh, you know, I feel bad somewhat only because they're missing the end of their senior year in high school, and you don't get that time back. They're missing their senior prom. They're missing a lot of things that that other kids. Um, uh, you know are going to have and have those memories and uh, we all know that we make sacrifices uh, as athletes and, uh, and that's the sacrifice they're willing to make so uh, it'll be good for Michigan.
0: Well John the whole recruiting process is so magnified and, and stressful for a lot of these kids right now it's always been intense but you went through it over 20 years ago when you were a senior at and how different do you think it is for these kids now?
1: Well it, it's tremendously different because uh, you know everything that they do as soon as they they're they're on the recruiting radar now everything that they do is 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 really being cataloged in terms of what they post on social media um everything that they do in high school there's pictures there's video there's there's so many things that um you know in in my opinion that that can hurt them more than help them and it's just tough navigators to uh, tough waters to navigate and you know these kids. Uh, it, you know it, it's best that they learn early on that uh, that everything that they put out there, everything that they do, is going to be watched. Because when they get to college, and, and if they're fortunate enough to play in the in the pros, um, it just can continues to go up and up and up. And um, you know it's it's the world that we live in. And uh, you know, unfortunately for them, I think it, it it robs them of of some of their childhood. It robs them of some of the fun that they can have. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said before, there's sacrifices that we all make and uh, and, and they're willing to, to hopefully uh, fulfill those sacrifices.
0: John, did you have all of these camps and, and star ratings to deal with when you were in high school?
1: You know, I, they did, um, but I never participated. Uh, the only football camp I ever went to was at Eastern Michigan. Um, I was always a basketball kid and, and went to a bunch of basketball camps. Uh, but for me, it was it. it I wanted to be recruited. I wanted to go to Michigan. I wanted all those things, but I also wanted to have fun and and fun for me was playing the sport that was in season. Um, so I played basketball, I played baseball, I ran track and and did all of those things. And, and I hope that the kids that are, are being recruited now feel that they can do those things, um, and not just have to focus on, on football or just on one sport because, uh, you know, athletes, athletes are good athletes because they're good at a number of things and and like i said before there are so many things in high school that you can have fun doing and um, you don't get that time back so i i enjoyed the time that i had in high school playing all those different sports i got a lot of great memories um and and learned a lot of different lessons that that carried over and helped me in
0: football well and there's such a focus on these kids by position group at such a young age john and and who knows what positions some of them will end up playing in college Remind the listeners what position you played on offense in high school at uh, Clawson.
1: I was a, I was recruited as a tight end and, you know, you, you mentioned the, the whole, you know, the, so it's all position specific, you know, Michigan doesn't even have their regular football camp anymore. They bring them in by position and, um, you know, and it doesn't mean that, that a tight end that's recruited can't move the tackle or, or, you know, like Jay Ramirez, my dad, a quarterback uh, uh, that's recruited moves to tight end. Though that can still happen. And, and, and always will but it's you know I I think that there is something that kids miss by experiencing different positions by experiencing when another player is being coached um you know I was a tight end but I would listen to what the offensive linemen were being coached on because I had to block I had to use those skills and I think it, it obviously helped me in my transition to offensive line so it's um you know it's a different it's a different recruiting world it's a different football world it's a different world that we live in um, and different rules that we got to play by. But, uh, you know, I think these kids are, are, are well-versed in, in what they want, what they need, and, uh, and they're going after it.
0: Before the season started, John, a lot of recruiting analysts said from a pure talent perspective, it was Ohio State and then the rest of the Big Ten. We had a great recruiting class last year, shaping up to be even better this year. Do you think we are closing that talent gap with Ohio State
1: Oh, I don't think there's any question. I think if you just look at this year's game, um, you know, we outplayed them in, in a lot of aspects. Uh, we just, we weren't as disciplined as we needed to be in terms of turning the ball over a couple of penalties and, um, you know, and then being you know solid at the end. But, um, you know, just look at the difference between two years ago and this year uh, of the results of the game and, and not only the results, but how they played the game. And, and this year, you know, the, the talent played a role in the fact that we were so deep, uh, at, at every position, you know, a year ago you get, um, you know, one of the Glasgow's hurt on the defensive line and, and all of a sudden now you're not as deep, guys are getting tired. This year uh, defensively we were able to go two, three deep across the front and really at every position. Um, we're going to graduate a lot of those guys and, and some people will say that's that's a huge concern going into next year. And I say it's not really that big of a concern because so many young guys got experience this year because they were good enough to play, they were good enough to go in there and spell some of the older guys and um, and got some great experience. So, you know, the, you look at the talent, and not only that, but then you look at the quarterback position, and, and you know, we've got Wilton Spade coming back. We've got, you know, a, a slew of guys that, that can go in there and play uh, if he were to go down. Um, and I think when you look at the key positions, running back, were are deep um, – you know, quarterback, we're deep. I think we're, we're, we're developing good depth at wide receiver defensively. I think everywhere we're, we're deep. The only position I think we, we need to continue to accrue some talent is is up front offensively.
0: Well, at the banquet last week, John, uh, Jim Harbaugh addressed the rumors. He was uh, an NFL coaching candidate and, and said those rumors uh, were started by enemies his enemies of Michigan football and that's not an exact quote but something like that a lot of people have been asking since then who do you think he was uh, throwing that out at
1: well you know what there's it's the same thing that happened when Wilton Spade got hurt everybody you know everybody was listening to Jim Harbaugh at his press conference saying that he's day-to-day and then all of a sudden a blogger comes out and says well he's got a broken collarbone he's out for the year well that proved not to be true and there are so many people in terms of, of blogs and and there's a lot of great people that are doing those, but there's also a handful of people that just throw things against the wall. They're, they, they're not accountable to anybody, and if they're wrong, it doesn't matter. Um, they're, they're after the shock effect. If they're, if they're right one out of 100 times, all of a sudden people know who they are. So it's, I don't necessarily know that there's any one person or, or any one thing that, that is acting against them, but there were a lot of people when Michigan was down for, for the last you know 8, 9, 10 years they were they were reveling in that. They were very happy about that because Michigan has always done things the right way. They've always had a lot of success. Um, they graduate their athletes. Um, you know, they go to Rose Bowls. They win Big Ten championships. And and people don't. There, there's a handful of people that don't want to see Michigan to be back where they are. And you know, if there's any one factor over the last couple of years, we all would agree on that. Jim Harbaugh coming back to Michigan has been a huge plus for us. Um, so they want to create rumors that, that he's going to be leaving, that which would affect recruiting, affect maybe players staying. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh's not going anywhere. I, I think that since he's been back, um, I think even he would tell you, uh, and, and even if he doesn't want to admit to it, it's been uh, it's been a dream come true. It's been even better than he thought. I know his wife, Sarah, loves Ann Arbor. They love having their kids in the school there. They love being a part of the community. They've inserted themselves into a lot of charities a lot of things that are going on, and, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon.
0: No, I don't think he is either, and when you watch him and listen to him through the course of the season and the offseason through these last two years, John, it appears to me that he loves everything about being head coach at Michigan.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's living, you know, every guy that played at Michigan, he's, he's, he's done the work to get where he's at, and, and he's living our dream, and, you know, there are a lot of people that that have great jobs and and they don't really realize it until it's until they, they leave and go somewhere else. And I think Jim is one of those guys that understands how fortunate he is to be where he's at. Um, It's the culmination of a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, And to have a guy that understands how important he is to a program and understands how fortunate he is to be there. You know, he, he, he also will tell the kids who are there on scholarship, the kids that are suiting up on, on Saturdays that, you know, it's not your right. You know, it's not a birthright to be able to be here. It's not his birthright to be able to to coach Michigan. It's a privilege. And, and he understands that he's earned that right. And, um, and I think all of those things kind of play into the factor that, you know, Jim understands that, that he loves Michigan. He knows the opportunity that he has there and, and, and the opportunity he has to at some point compare the legacy that he's building at Michigan to the legendary Bo Schembechler.
0: With us on our game day segment this week, as we talk some generalities in Michigan football, is Michigan great John Jansen. Uh, As we get ready for the Orange Bowl, we'll talk about that in just a minute or two. But, you know, John, before the season started, uh, the question of who would be Michigan's quarterback consumed the fan base, the media, especially locally. When the season started, Wilton Spate was the man. And in my opinion, he got better each week. Talk about what you thought of his play this year and his upside or what you expect from him in the future.
1: Well, it's you know, he really went through the same progression that Jake Rudock went through uh, a year ago. And, and we saw Jake get better game after game after game. And, you know, the first game, um, you know, against Hawaii this year, his first pass, you know, was an interception. And we're all thinking at the same time, oh, you know, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this happened. And for him to be able to come back and, and play the way he did just in that game, um, I thought was remarkable. But then, game after game, he continued to improve. And, um, you know, I, I, think there are definitely lessons to be learned. There are things that he can improve on. Um, but he really understood what, it, what, what pocket presence meant. And that I think is something that somewhat you're born with something that you can develop a little bit more, but he had a great feel for where defenses were coming from, where blitzes were picked up, how to escape the pocket. What to the step, it, step up and, and, you know, escape that way or to roll out and Um, so I think those are some things that he did well. And I think, you know, moving towards the future, um, and he had a lot of big plays downfield, I think his accuracy downfield, um, will improve his accuracy on some of the short passes, uh, will improve. I think he's been very good in those, you know, mid range, you know, five, 10, 15 yard passes. But I think what we'll see from him in the near future, probably in the bowl game, but then again, next year is, is just his, his ability to not just put the ball Um, you know, where the receiver is running, but to also put it where the defender can't get to it, either my guy can get it or the other guy can't. Um, And, and, and I think just those location things will, will, you'll see him improve on continually as, as every quarterback does. I mean, you know, you watch Tom Brady play, and there's still things that he's improving on and um, they're a little bit harder to find because he's been so good, but there's always something, you know, whether it's a back shoulder throw or it's, it's stopping a guy because you see a defender and, and making him stop by where the ball is, those things will continue to improve as as he understands the game of football more.
0: One of the things I, I also like about Wilton John is that he's just unflappable. He is a very even keel, very cool customer uh, in that pocket, isn't he?
1: Yeah. And, and, and he's learning from one of the best. I think you see a lot of, a lot of Jim Harbaugh in him. And, and that's what you get when, when you've got a guy that's, that's been there, done that, and, you know, been through the trials, been through the tribulations and handled success and, um, you know, you see a guy that, that has short-term memory, and, and everybody wants to throw that out there, but I've been in games where you get beat, and if you don't forget about it, that, that, that same guy or that same player, that same player um, is going to beat you time and time again until you can get over that hump, and Wilton Spade had done a great job of, you know, I even brought up the, that first interception against Hawaii, he, it didn't affect him at all. He went out there and and continued to throw the ball, delivered it. Um, He took a big shot against Colorado, uh, you know, and and he didn't see the blitz coming. I don't think anybody on the field saw the blitz coming. He took one right in the chops, but he stood in there the rest of the game and was able to deliver the football, took some more hits. And I think that he's a very resilient, very confident young man.
0: Along with the uh, the quarterback position, a burning question in, in many of our minds before the season was, will the offensive line take that next step? Always high expectations in the trenches for Michigan, as you well know, John. But for the most part, do you think the guys up front delivered?
1: I thought they played very well. Um, you know, there are there are things that I still want them to improve on and still would like them to see them do better um, in terms of running the football. Um, but, it, 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 you know, there are some things that are just, you know, in the moment they have to be better at, and that's fourth quarter, get the first down. when you When you've got the lead, you've got the clock on your side, you've got the ball. There are sometimes, you know, and we saw it in the Michigan State game. We saw it against Iowa. We saw it against Ohio State at the end of the game. If they can just possess the football, it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. Three- or four-yard gain every time um, is all you need, and I would like to see them when everybody knows that we're running the ball. Um, And this came up against Central Florida uh, early in the year. Scott Frost wanted to load the box, um, and we were able to go deep and and beat him through through the air but they have to be able to run against eight nine man boxes.
0: Well John, I'm not usually uh, one of these fans that lets uh, losses linger, but uh, I just want to get your take on that Ohio State game before we uh, move on. I mean, it's still right there in the forefront of my memory. I I'm having my own groundhog day it seems every day just seeing that fourth and one over and over uh in overtime and I realize uh that if we had made this play or made that play, you know, that fourth down in overtime wouldn't have mattered. As I said, I think it's tough for a lot of us to, to get over that call. From your vantage point at that game, would you have said first down, or was it just too close to call?
1: Oh, I didn't think it was a first down. Uh, but uh, then again, nobody asked me, uh, you know, sitting next to the replay booth, uh, and, and they, they made the call that they thought was right. And, uh, and, you know, that's the human element that we have in, in sports, that we have in football, and um, it shouldn't have come down to that. And, and I've got the same things that, you you know, you just mentioned. Um, I don't even think about that last play. Um, I think about, you know, a, a running back stepping up, you know, in the end zone and, and taking on a block a little bit better. So Wilton Spade doesn't get hit and throw a pick six. I, I think about, um, you know, a, a dropped interception or things that are missed blocked by an offensive lineman. And, and those are the things that, that, that bother me. And, and I know they bother the players too. And, you know, there are a handful of plays in every game that really decide the outcome of the game. And as a player, you never, you never know until it's done what those plays are. So, you, you know, you want to make sure that you're going hard on every play. You're doing your assignment on every play. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing and nothing more, just what you need to do. And, you know, when it comes out in the wash, if, if you've done that, you're going to win the game. And there were times in that game where we didn't, you know, execute as well as we should have, and that's what cost us the game.
0: Well, let's switch gears and talk about the Orange Bowl uh, coming up, John, on December 30th. You know, one of the things on the social media and some other media circles that's bothered me in the last few weeks is uh, the, some of the coverage of this game, almost as if it's a disappointment, not from our local media. You get hear questions, can we overcome the disappointment of the Ohio State game, of not making the playoffs? But I think with all of our senior leadership and being coached by Jim Harbaugh and his staff, I, I don't see that happening. Do you?
1: No, and, and that's one of the downfalls of the playoff system uh, that's that really come up over the last three years since they've had the four-team playoff is, you know, the teams that, that are, you know, five, six, seven, and eight, they were so close, they didn't get in. What do they have left to play for? Um, and that's just something that the media talks about, that, that pundits will, 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 you know, banter back and forth. But when you get in the locker room, these guys, you know, for the seniors, it's the last time that they're ever going to play for, for Michigan. Or the other guys, they're trying to put out there, hey, I, I'm a good player. If I'm a fourth-year guy, I'm playing for you know, Coach Harbaugh to offer me that scholarship for my fifth year. If I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freshman, sophomore, junior, I'm, I'm going out there to play for more playing time next year. I want to be a starter next year. Um, and when it comes down to it, anytime you take the field for the Mason Blue, you're trying to win a ballgame. It doesn't matter what's on the line other than the fact that you're playing against a team that's trying to beat you you want to win, and, and that's what it comes down to. And, and when you have competitors on the field, and I've, you know, I go back to this all season long, one of the things that Jim Harbaugh has done is brought the competition back to Michigan, you know the competition for the position. And, and if you don't go out there and play, whether it's in practice or a game, it's next man up. And, and they're going to go out there and do it. So all these guys are, are, are versed in what it means to compete. Uh, and any time you take the field in a game, you're out there to compete. You're out there to win. Um, and that's mission number one. It doesn't matter what's on the line in terms of, you know, a, you know, whether it's a bowl game or a Big Ten championship. You're out there to compete and win ball games, and and that's what it comes down to.
0: And we have to be ready for uh, this opponent, Florida State, a young team, very talented on both sides of the ball, very athletic, and probably the best running back we've seen so far this year, John.
1: Dalvin Cook is 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 a very good athlete. He's 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 good. Um, you know, because he has good vision, he does all the things a running back, you know, a good running back does um, and runs hard. But what makes him so dangerous is that he can throw him the ball out of the backfield. When you've got that extra weapon, you know, who lines up in the backfield as a running back, but really becomes a receiver. Now, all of a sudden, it really stresses your pass coverage um, and your secondary and and your linebackers have to be very good. And, And that's one of the things that I think Michigan could improve on is the coverage from their linebacker position. And and hopefully over these extra bowl practices that they get, they'll be able to work on some of those things and, um, and get those things ironed out. So, um, you know, and then, you know, you look at, at really everything that they have. And, and, you know, Francois, their quarterback, I think is a, is a very good young talent. Um, I, I think that this game that we're watching on December 30 could be a preview of a playoff game next year because you've got a very good, young, talented Florida State team. You've got a very good, deep, um, you know, Michigan team with a good quarterback who's going to be back, you know, a, a lot of good key parts around him. So this this game to me could be a little bit of a preview of what we could see in, in the playoffs of 2017.
0: It's going to be interesting to watch Michigan's defense, especially the defensive front against this offensive line. They've had some issues on that offensive line for Florida State this year, but this could be a big chance for that michigan defense to uh to really show up
1: it, it will and, and they're going to have to because uh, you know like you mentioned they've struggled uh, Florida state has a, 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 up front in protecting francois and um you know i think our four guys up front or five if they line them up there will be able to get home um, and get some pressure on the quarterback be able to get some sacks um, so look for a lot of quick passes uh, from the quarterback position look for a lot of screen passes um and for them to get uh, francois on the run um get him outside the pocket kind of relocate where he's throwing the ball from because i don't think that they're confident enough in what they have up front to be able to block um and match up with our defensive front so um it'll be very interesting to see um how they use uh, michigan uses jabril peppers you know are they going to use him as a blitzing linebacker to put pressure on the quarterback or are they going to match him up on Delvin, Delvin Cook and, and try and eliminate him and uh, what he can do receiving the ball. So I think this is a great matchup. I'm excited to see this football game. I think it's going to be a, a relatively not – I'm not going to say high-scoring game, but there's going to be some points scored in this game. And um, if Michigan's defense plays like they did, all season long, I think the advantage is, is, is to Michigan. Well, a
0: final question for you, John. Before the season began, I thought 10-3, and 3, maybe 11-2 and 2 would be a very good year for this team. But, of course, the expectations changed once the season got underway. We're still disappointed in some ways at how it ended down in Columbus. But overall, how impressed are you with what Jim Harbaugh has been able to do in just two years on the job?
1: Well, I think he's a great developer of talent. Um, you know, you know, when, when he came in, everybody was was talking, well, Michigan doesn't have as much talent. And, you know, the first year, yeah, we didn't have quite as much talent as, say, Ohio State, um, but we hadn't developed a lot of the talent that we had out there. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at Wilton Spade going, where'd this kid come from? Well, he was on the roster, um, you know, And the same with Jabril Peppers, uh, Jordan Lewis, uh, Jeremy Clark, uh, you know, all of these guys that had great seasons, you know, and some of them, you know, got ended early for injury, but, um, you know, they all were on the roster when Jim Harbaugh got there and he was able to develop that talent. Um, and I think that's the one thing that, that people really don't talk enough about is, you know, they talk a lot about Jim Harbaugh and his X's and O's and his creativity on offense. And and some of that comes from Tim Drevno and uh, on, on defense, it comes from Don Brown. But the fact of the matter is Jim Harbaugh not only develops talent in the players, but he also brings coaches in, that he can work with. He develops them. A lot of them go on to be head coaches or, or coordinators at other places, but he continues to develop the coaches who can develop players. Um, and in the end, it, it all, you know, comes down to, to wins on the field. And um, I think we got a lot more of what we saw this year coming in the, in the next, uh, in the near future.
0: Well, I think all of our Michigan listeners hope that you are right on the button about that.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I love being around the program, Jim Harbaugh, Uh, You know, I already mentioned the coordinators. Uh, They've all been great to work with. And I know that the kids are very receptive to what they're telling them they've bought in hook line and sinker and this is going to be a a real bright spot in in the history of michigan football well
0: we all hope so my guest today has been michigan great john jansen john is always thanks for taking the time to join us and a, a very merry christmas to you and your family john we look forward to the next visit
1: sounds good i appreciate it mike merry christmas to you and happy new year we'll see you down in florida
0: wolverine quick hits is next as we wrap it up here today on the michigan man on wolverine sports radio a member of the VSporto Network, and in partnership with SV Nation's maze in brew. Thanks again to Michigan great John Jensen for being our guest. On Thursday, we're scheduled to have senior linebacker Ben Getty on this month's Michigan Man Extra, so please join us for that. Next week, we'll get to our Orange Bowl preview shows. On Tuesday's game day show, we're scheduled to have beat writer Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News with us, and then on Thursday, we'll round up one of the Florida State beat guys or one of their radio guys So make sure you join us next week for all of our Orange Bowl previews. Our free show app is available from Google Play and iTunes, and we're now part of the team at iHeartRadio. Just do a search for the Michigan man and save us in your favorites at iHeartRadio. Again, I'd like to take a minute to remind you that just because football season will be over next week doesn't mean we're going anywhere. In the new year, I'll be with you each Wednesday covering the busy winter sports scene, The Big Ten season is right around the corner for the men and women's hoops teams, and hockey, of course, is in full swing. We also have National Signing Day, recruiting updates, and so much more to talk about. In many ways, the winter sports scene is busier than the fall. So make sure you join me each week for what we think is the best podcast coverage of your Michigan Wolverines. Again, a reminder that we have a Michigan man extra scheduled for Thursday if we can pull him away from Christmas camp for a few minutes. Senior linebacker Ben Gedeon will join us to talk about this past season, Orange Bowl preparation, and his last game as a Michigan Wolverine. That will do it for today. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'll see you back here on Thursday. Until then, take care, and as always, Go Blue!